Welcome to the Mind and Body Strong podcast, a place for women to redefine their relationship with food and their body, tune into their inner wisdom, and become the best version of themselves. My name is Katie Pijanowski, and I'm an anti-diet and body image coach, certified personal trainer, and lover of all things travel, brunch, and personal growth. Join us each week as we share insightful conversations with guest experts, along with my own personal stories and teachings that aim to help you reconnect your mind, body, and spirit while releasing old beliefs, dogma, and expectations that no longer serve you. Each episode is packed with nuggets of wisdom that are sure to leave you feeling inspired, challenged, and empowered to take action in your own life. Shy away from tough topics? No way. In this space, we welcome things including mental health, sex, diversity, eating disorders, weight stigma, and all that comes with having a human experience. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me, so grab a notebook, pen, and some headphones, and let's dive in. All right, team, welcome into the Mind and Body Strong podcast. I literally almost said, because I have Amanda here, I literally almost said, welcome into Welcome F45. to F45. <laughs> So to all my audience out there, I have Amanda Mintz in here. Is that how you say your last name? Mintz? Yes. Oh my gosh. Perfect. I never, never said it out loud. Oh my God. Yes. I'm the worst with last names. So that so just funny. made me feel really good. That's funny considering what yours is. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I had this conversation with a, a coach mentor of mine who I had on the podcast. I totally just could not say her last name. And I was just like, you know, I know my last name's hard, but that doesn't mean I can pronounce anyone yeah, else's. Yeah, right. <laughs> But Amanda works at F45 with me, which is a fitness studio that we both work at. And so immediately when I see her, I'm like, oh, we just need to welcome F45. But we are going to have a super fun conversation today. So I am super excited to have you here, Amanda. She's a certified personal trainer and wonderful human who I've known for almost a year. And we're really going to kind of dive into this whole topic of how taking rest days can actually be progress forward, because this is something that we have both experienced ourselves and that we experience a lot of our clients experiencing as well. So we'll get there, but hi, welcome. Hi. Oh my gosh. Thank (laughs) you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited too. I feel like whenever we talk, we always just go really in depth about things. So I know that we're about to just let loose on all of this stuff. So. Yeah, we have one setting, which is like deep conversation. Yes, so that's literally. what we're here to do. <laughs> <laughs> one setting, deep conversation. Get ready, audience. <laughs> so let's start by just letting my audience know a little bit about who Amanda is, how how you got into the fitness space, and we'll kind of just transition from there. Sure. So it's so funny. I think friends who've known me for a really long time think it's hilarious that I'm a fitness trainer because once upon a time, like in college, you couldn't catch me working out like a single day. I grew up as, I guess, kind of like a child elite athlete. I was a competitive diver for like 12 years. So I was an athlete as a kid, but then as I got older and into college, I mean, it was just not a part of my life. Mm -hmm. And even as a young adult, really earlier in my twenties, I guess it was about maybe five years ago, I was just not in a great place emotionally or mentally. I was just going through some kind of personal challenges when I first moved to Dallas and fitness, I mean, really group fitness classes were something that I started doing just to kind of get control over some aspect of my life. I was like, I just need to do something that's out of my house and in a new environment. And I just want to kind of get some control. So I found group fitness classes and just became kind of obsessed with them as many people who do them do. Mm -hmm. And over the course of maybe six months, 
I just found that, I mean, the physical benefits were there, but it was just such a game changer for my mental health. I just started to feel like I had so much more control over my thoughts and my energy and all those things. So I just got really kind of addicted to going and and having that sense of control. And so then after about maybe a year, I was like, I maybe want to be a coach and start doing this. So I got certified, started coaching, and I've been doing that for a number of years. And obviously now at F45, where we both coach, which is a wonderful place. Yes. Um, and so that's a little bit about kind of how I got into it. So it's, it's always been as much about the mental aspect of things as it has been about the physical. The physical benefits are a cool plus, but mm-hmm. the the, I don't know, the, the control that you find over your thoughts and your emotions when you're mm-hmm. kind of in that space has been just huge for me. So yeah, and that's, that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah. I, first of all, I want to just say that I didn't even know that the, the way that you started that is like my friends who know me wouldn't have thought that I'd be a fitness coach, which is surprising to me because you're the best fitness coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet. It's so much fun. I feel like I've always had the personality for like training and coaching, but the fitness aspect was not always yeah. definitely not a part of my life for a yeah, long time. I can relate to that actually a lot because I was definitely not the kid to be doing competitive sports. Like I did love to move in different ways, but I grew up yeah. dancing and doing horseback riding, playing in the backyard with my friends, like all our backyards c- connected. And so we had a big group of friends that would play ghosts on the graveyard and capture the flag and just run around literally all summer with no shoes on to the point of our feet being green. And, you know, that was, that was my form of movement. But then I remember being in gym class where you were required to yeah. do the mile required. Oh to my do gosh. <laughs> it's like traumatic, just traumatic to think about being it's asked so to run tra- the mile as an yes. eighth grader. And I, you know, yeah, all of that. Oh my gosh. I hated running. I hated just being forced to move, Yep. but I loved, like, I loved moving, but I think like that experience kind of made me, made me view it as kind of negative for a while. So mm-hmm. it, I wasn't, fitness really wasn't a part of my life either. And you said you did diving, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that and about I, you. I think that being a, and we'll get into this, but I think being a super competitive athlete at a really young age has a lot to do with my entire perspective and all my ideas about what it means to be like an achiever and a performer and to progress and yeah. to move forward and to compete and to win. Like all of that was ingrained in me at a really young age because of the level that I competed at. And I think even now I see those same messages appearing in my life all the time. And even in my relationship to how I exercise and how often and how hard I push myself. And Mm. I think that all kind of stems all the way back to that in some ways. Yeah. So I kind of want to dive into that then a little bit more, because I know you said you were doing diving and then you kind of took like a break. It sounds like from doing things like that more competitively until you came to Dallas and found group fitness. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I tried to be a person who like went to the gym every once in a while or like ran (laughs) on the treadmill for 15 minutes, but it was not, yeah, it wasn't really a part of my life. I guess after I stopped diving when I was early in my teens, I just got into other extracurriculars and other things Mm -hmm. when I was kind of in high school and into college. And it just, it just wasn't a priority. And at that point in life, you're just, your body is different. Your metabolism is different. I kind of got away with it in Mm -hmm. some ways. Like it didn't really matter. And I wasn't really struggling emotionally or mentally the way that I started to later in my Mm -hmm. twenties. And it just became more of a solution, I guess, than it needed to be 
yeah. earlier, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You had mentioned a couple of times in the first little introduction, this idea of control, like controlling of your thoughts, controlling of your emotions, controlling of a lot of things. Right. So (laughs) tell me a little bit more about using like fitness in that way to kind of help cope through those hard times. Oh man. I think that I'm definitely a person who, I think my, my biggest kind of mental struggle is the way that I kind of ruminate and like create stories about things that aren't happening. And I'm sure that many of your listeners can relate to this. Like we either worry and (laughs) dwell about things that already happened, or we're creating future narratives about things that haven't happened yet or that we haven't experienced yet. And I'm also like, I, I practice mindfulness often as well as like a way to kind of bring myself back to the present. But what I was really struck by when I first started working out was it felt like, let's say my class was 45 minutes or an hour. It was like during that time, I just felt so present in my body. Mm -hmm. And I felt very much like if a thought came in that was about something that I didn't want at that time, I felt really capable of being like, no, I don't want to think about that right now. This is not the space for that. That thought is not allowed here. That thought doesn't represent me right now in a way that I wasn't able to do outside of working Mm -hmm. out. Like I, I didn't have that level of control over my thoughts. And so that's what I became so obsessed with was I was like, wow, this is one hour a day where I just feel seriously in control of what's coming in and out of my brain where the rest of the day, I'm just spiraling about anything that I can think of. So I still feel that way about working out. I mean, my relationship with exercise, it ebbs and flows the way that our relationships with food and our bodies and all these other things do, but I still hold that time as like very sacred in a way of like, this Mm. is just time for me. And I'm, I do feel kind of in control of my body and my thoughts and my emotions in a way that feels different than anything else. So that's where it, that's where it stems for me. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. And I think that's why for a while I was really into fitness so much to the fact of I was doing it all the time, like no rest days, nothing in between, because it did feel like that was the one little moments that I could control and that I didn't have to deal with the other things that were going on in my life. At least this is how I processed it myself. And, but, so I think that it can in that way be really beneficial because what you're experiencing was this like way to be embodied in yourself, right? It was like building that mind body connection right there in the moment, right? It's really hard to think about other things when you're trying to also think about how you're moving your body really fast. Yeah, right. So it really forces you to be in the moment. And that's something I really, truly had learned to appreciate about fitness now, because when I started doing more traditional fitness classes and things like that, it was very much from this place of, I need to change my body. I need to, Mm. you know, quote unquote, be healthy, whatever that means. And it's really transformed for me as well. Like that relationship you kept bringing up of like, that that's the difference, right? Because we can do all these things. We can go to the fitness classes. We can do the 30 minutes of workout workouts every day, but I truly feel like it's that in that intention and that, that relationship we're building behind the scenes that nobody really sees. It's more that like internal process that's going to really determine what result we're kind of getting from that. So with the, the control piece there for you, like it was like started out super beneficial was there a point where it got like, got way too much into it? If you know what I mean? I think, you know, where I'm going with this. I mean, yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. That people find something about it. They really love. And we 
latch onto it and too much of any good thing can become a problem or it can become unhealthy or our relationship to it can begin to warp in a way. And I'm sure, I, I think people probably have all different reasons for why over-exercising becomes a thing mm-hmm. in their lives. It might be because you're starting to see the physical benefits and you become obsessed with that. And mm-hmm. that becomes like an addiction. I think that being, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm really kind of processing this in real time in this conversation with you, but I think that being a person who's always been kind of like performance and achievement minded, mm-hmm. it was just another thing now that I could try to over excel at mm-hmm. and that I could push myself too far at. So I was always mm-hmm. that kid in school. I was that kid in extracurriculars. It d- doesn't matter just if there's a, I'm, I'm that way professionally with my job too. Like if there's a next thing to climb, I want to climb it. That is mm-hmm. just the way that I'm wired. And so for me, that looked like I have to be working out seven days a week or six on a bad week. Like if I allow myself one day and it's probably not even, I allowed myself, it's probably like I had some kind of conflict that day that made it so that I couldn't. And then that whole day I felt terrible about the fact that I couldn't get there. And so it just became, I don't know, so obsessive. Mm -hmm. And I think in the same way that sometimes we have a relationship with food where we see ourselves as good or bad based on what we eat. Like I ate this. So now, and it was bad. So now I'm bad or I ate healthy today. So now I see myself as good because of that. I think our relationship to exercise can be the same way. It's like, Oh, I didn't get to the gym today. So I'm bad. I'm lazy. I'm Mm -hmm. not doing enough. I I think all those things are real and all those, those thoughts are real. And at the same time, like if you do go, then it's like, Oh, today I did something. I was productive. I Mm -hmm. did something for my health. I don't know. So I think all those, all those feelings get wrapped up into it. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I love that you brought in that bringing that mentality of like kind of moralizing food and versus like, and how it happens within the fitness space too. I used to do that all the time. Like I am a a good or bad person based on how hard I worked out that day. And the days that I would rest quote unquote, or do yoga, which I would consider rest at the time. Oh, totally. Um, (laughs) Because I was like, this, this doesn't count, (laughs) right? quote unquote, this doesn't count. Walking doesn't count. Like anything not high intensity essentially wouldn't count in my mind yes. at that time. And so I still I, wrestle with that. I yeah. still wrestle with that. Yeah. Cause it, it's this whole idea that kind of goes back to like this productivity, right? So like, what is our relationship and how are we defining productivity for ourselves? Right? Like, what are we making the standard to get there? Right. And I think Anytime I'm kind of looking at all of these things and diving deeper in with myself or deeper in with clients, I'm always kind of seeing what is it that we actually want that we're trying to achieve through this mode of movement, whether it be movement, food, relationship, whatever it is. And I think oftentimes we come to this place where it's like, I want to feel a certain way, right? It's oftentimes why so many people latch onto the idea of weight loss. They want to feel happy. They want to feel confident and they feel that in, in the process of losing weight is how they're going to do that, right? They're going to get there. They're going to feel those things and then everything will be good and dandy, but they haven't actually addressed the real problem, which is how they view and relate to their bodies. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's like all of these feelings that we want to, to feel, whether it be productive or more energized, right? That's a great benefit of exercise, sleeping better, just having a better mood, right? Like you had mentioned when you were working out, like, and, and still today, you're able to more easily dismiss thoughts that don't serve you in those moments and just kind of move on 
because you're in the moment, you're embodied, you're in the present moment. And in the present moment, we can't really be anxious or worried about things. We're just kind of there. Right. Right. So I think what's really interesting that you bring up is like all those, the benefits that you mentioned around from a physiological or biological perspective, what we love about working out that it boosts our mood. um, It helps us sleep better. All of those things. When we work out too much, none of those things happen anymore. Mm -hmm. Like we, we, all of that flips, you lose that you feel less comfortable in your body. Or I don't, won't speak for anyone else, but for me, like when I know I'm pushing myself too hard, it's like, okay, now I have less energy. I'm finding it more difficult to sleep. I'm not able to show up in my life the way that I want to, because I'm exhausted and I'm pushing myself to the brim and I'm not seeing any progress Mm -hmm. because I'm not giving my body time to regain its strength. So it's just interesting how the the benefits, they, we lose them when we push Mm -hmm. ourselves too hard, but we still do because like you said, we're holding on to that idea of what does it mean to be productive? What does progress look like? And whether that's internal, I think it's internal and I think it's external for me, a lot of life is looking at what other people are doing and trying Mm -hmm. to keep up or trying to surpass. And so it's like, well, I can't take rest days because those people aren't taking rest days Mm, and those people are progressing and I want to progress. I don't want to be at home when I know that there's a class full of people that mm-hmm. are at the gym working out today because they're moving forward. And I'm not, when I say that out loud, I'm like, that sounds so ridiculous that yeah. that goes through my head, but what it makes really me, does. What makes me think is like moving forward, how, right? Like in what way? Oh, right. Right. Yeah, like I mean, just, yeah, that's... you know, it makes me think right. Like, what are we, what are we what do you attaching mean? to? Yeah. Like, again, yeah. like I, Whenever we use, I think language is such a powerful thing because we can really start to see into how people process things. It's like, okay, moving forward, how though? Like, isn't you staying home and acknowledging that you, your body hurts and you need to rest? Isn't that also progress? Yeah, right. I, yes. And that's, I feel like, I mean, we've talked about this before and I'm glad we're talking about it now, but that idea of like rest as a form of progress mm-hmm. has been one of the biggest lessons in my life from a fitness perspective, but also just from general life, just reorienting my idea around what does it mean to be successful, productive, mm-hmm. moving forward, which I put in air quotes, mm-hmm. like what is the destination? Because if, if what we're really working towards and what I think for myself is really more of an ultimate goal is moving towards a sense of like wholeness. Like I just, I want to feel more whole, which means I understand my thoughts, my emotions, my body, and I'm learning how to make them work together. And I'm learning how to be present and show up as the most me in all of those ways. To me, that's like being whole. And so if learning to trust my body, when it says it needs to rest and honoring it to do that, like to me, that's moving towards a greater sense of wholeness in my body. And so that's like the real progress that's being made, Mm. you know, but that's, that's such a hard mentality to get around. So I love that conversation around inviting people to redefine, because I think we all just society creates, it it makes us be people who see things as like, everything's a ladder, everything Mm -hmm. has to be climbed. Mm -hmm. Everything is one step to the next moving forward in life. We all have these ideas of like milestones we're supposed to reach at certain ages or we're behind in life. We're ahead. We do use that language when we talk about just life and the way that we exist in the world. So inviting people to maybe 
redefine for themselves or to reflect on what, what is my real goal for my body, for my heart, for my mind? And then how do I reorient the things that I do in service to that goal? Because if my goal is to maybe like something I'm working on a lot is like, how do I trust myself more? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I, and you said that recently on something that I listened to, like, do I trust my body? Do I trust my emotions? Do I trust Mm -hmm. what I'm telling myself? So if that's one of my goals, then rest, taking a rest day when my body is asking for it is completely in progress towards that goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's just rethinking around like what's important to me and how do I actually seek that in a way that is honoring to myself and in alignment with what I actually want. And not maybe what I feel the standards of society or the world or the influencers that I follow or unfollow or whatever that looks like. Um, What are those people telling me? Yeah, I think that was so beautifully expressed, Amanda. So thank you so much because that's, that's it right there, right? Like how do we, and, and one thing you had mentioned kind of earlier is we oftentimes, and I do this myself too, we look at the outside of what other people are doing. Those people are showing up at the workout class. Those people are moving ahead in their lives. Right. And we have this narrative of we're behind in some way. And is in the thing that we don't stop to question is, is that even in pursuit to what we truly want? Or is it, are we living by someone else's agenda of what they think we should have or what they think we should want? Right. And that's something that I constantly have to remind myself because I feel like I'm very susceptible to starting to follow what other people need versus what I actually need. And when I think the hardest question we can ask ourselves is what do we want? What do we want out of this life? Right. My, my coach asked me this all the time. And I can remember a couple of months ago, just listing things off. And she literally looked me straight in the face and was like, I feel like you are just naming off things on a list <laughs> Wow, that you think you should have. And I was like, wow, I feel seen. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. You're like, according to who though? Like, is that really according to you? Yeah. She's yeah, exactly. And so we got to kind of dive into that and say, is this truly what you want? Or is this just what you think you should have based on what other people are having? Right. I feel like I'm at that stage in my life where, you know, I look around and a lot of people are starting families and they're starting, you know, that stage of their life. And I'm just not there yet. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I, if I look at what I want in my life, I'm on track, but if I actually look at those things, then I get really upset about how I'm quote unquote behind (laughs) where I should be. Right. I eventually want that for my life. However, I'm pretty happy with where things are going right now. This is reminding me of a conversation that I had with a former mentor of mine, maybe two years ago, where I was describing to her that I, when I visualize like my life, I think about it, like I'm running a race on a track. And there are other people also running on that track that I'm like aware of how fast they are. Are they ahead of me? Am I being lapped? And there's also like spectators Mm -hmm. who are kind of watching me and what I'm doing. And there are people's expectations on me and where I should be. And I remember working with her through this and talking about how like, I'm just working really hard on, on repicturing my life as if I'm just like on my own track. Like there's Mm -hmm. nobody watching me. There's nobody running against me. It's just my own path. Mm-hmm. And that's been something that I just feel like I'm actively working on all the time. And like, if I just want to stop running for a second and just sit, I remember saying this to her, what if I just like, don't want to run for a second? If I'm on my own track, I'm free to just sit 
for like years if I want to. Nothing's <laughs> happening. No one's watching me. No one's lapping me. But if I am constantly envisioning my life on this path compared to other people, I can't sit down because mm-hmm. if I rest, other people are still moving. Yeah. And so it's a learning to not see our lives in that comparative mode against where other people are. But mm-hmm. yeah, just realigning to like, I'm just on my own. I'm on my own path and they're on their own path. And mm-hmm. I celebrate them and what they're doing and what they want for their lives, but it doesn't have to be mine. Yeah. That comparison factor is really what pulls us away from what it is we truly desire. Because I see this happen a lot in the fitness space, especially. And I do my best to interrupt those kinds of conversations because they're mostly happening internally. But it's, you know, this expectation, especially of new people coming in thinking they need to come all the time and do all this hard work and never take rest breaks. And there's all these like really crazy expectations that people walk into a studio with and to help them manage that and help them see like, yes, this is your own lane, right? Like it's like your analogy of the own track. Like this is your own track. You're walking in and this is like your space is your track and everyone else's track is, is not like, they don't, they're not running the same race as you, right? There's no competition here, actually. (laughs) I think, yeah, it's especially challenging even in studios like ours and many others where, how do I even say this? Like what you're asked to do is like an advanced version of something. So you're Mm -hmm. immediately put in this headspace where you're like, oh, I can't do what other people are doing, or Mm -hmm. my body's not ready to do what other people are doing, or I'm having to modify as if it's like a punishment or like a bad thing to do rest. Like that's what I'm learning a lot. I mean, and you know, this, I can share with your listeners that I've just dealt with a number of different overuse injuries Mm -hmm. over the past year, which is a whole other thing around over-exercising. I had a little bit of an overuse injury, like last December on my wrist, which you know about, and then Mm -hmm. for months continue to kind of like push myself through it because I was not okay with the idea of rest and just ended up messing it up even more to the point where now, like, who knows? at what rate it's going to heal or if it will ever be functional the way that it was before. So, I mean, that's just a warning against Mm over-exercising in general, just that Mm -hmm. overuse injuries are totally a thing. But since I've started to try to allow myself to come back and to find a new pace of exercising that works for where my body is at right now, that's even been an internal struggle as I'm like, oh, well, I can't do push-ups anymore, Mm -hmm. but other people still are. So it's that comparative factor of like, am I am I losing by not being able to do that? And it's, mm-hmm. it's been that active process of reorienting, orienting my headspace to say, no, it's actually just honoring my body to not push it, to do things that it can't do right now. Yeah. And for me, that is, I am progressing towards healing by allowing my body to do less mm-hmm. than it used to do. Mm-hmm. And that is, that has been really hard. And it's why for months I pushed myself harder than I should have, mm-hmm. but allowing myself to get to that headspace, or like I recently had a little foot injury and haven't been able to do like jumps and things. So it's like, yeah, I could push myself through this and try to work through it. And we hear that from people in our studio all the time. Like someone will be like, oh, I kind of have like a little bit of a shoulder thing. And I'm like, okay, well let's modify this. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, it's okay. And yeah. I'm like, no, really it's actually okay. Yeah. To not do the full out version of whatever this movement is because, yeah. because to do less could be actually progressing yeah. and yeah. to do more right now could be hindering you. Mm-hmm. And so it's, again, going back to that language of how we think about moving forward versus moving backward and how we're conditioned to align moving forward with like 
doing the most of everything always. Yeah. When really it's like sometimes the best way to move forward is just to do less. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. I, that's, yeah, just really, <laughs> that has been, yeah. It, big, it is, it is hard. Lesson. I think, especially in like group fitness classes, because you are surrounded by other people, you see what they're doing. And like, I know in my mind, a constant internal struggle is I know what I used to be able to do. Totally. It's me versus previous forms of me. Yeah. And Always. it almost kind of makes me emotional, like thinking about it because I get really upset and I used yeah. to get really like mad at my body. Like, why can't you do this? Like push it through. Right. It's, it's essentially like if you had a significant other, or even a pet and you were just like yelling at them for doing something or not doing something like, you know, like imagine you're your dog or someone has a broken leg. You'd be like, why aren't you walking on your broken leg? Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like that's kind of what I do to myself though. Like, why aren't you using your, you know, leg that's been hurting for three years? Like, <laughs> and yet yeah, but we're so, yeah, we're so harsh on ourselves. That's yeah. actually, there's a mindfulness practice that I do a lot, which is basically if you're going through something, you think about someone that you really love, like a dear friend or a sibling or something, and you imagine them telling you that problem. So Mm -hmm. they are phrasing it to you and you imagine what you would say to them and you like write it down or you speak it out loud. And then you turn around and you say that same thing to yourself, because the whole idea is that we are so hard on ourselves in a way that we would never be to the people that we care about. So as a coach, I look at the way that I talk to myself about rest and my body. And then I turn around into our members. I'm like, Hey, it's okay to rest. It's okay to do less. Mm -hmm. Like you're still doing amazing. Just all the things that I say to them. I'm like, why? I believe all of that, Mm -hmm. but it's so much harder to turn that internal and to actually believe and communicate that message to yourself. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. And I think that's why we, we surround ourselves with communities that remind us, right? Like I do that for you and you do that for me. And we have that that, that kind of community, because it is hard to do for ourselves. It's so much easier to have this like bird's eye view, so to speak, and let someone know basically how to remove all the obstacles. But when we're doing it for ourselves, it becomes a lot more challenging. Sometimes we're too close to our own quote unquote problems to actually see what's going on. We kind of feel like we're a special snowflake and that our problems are different. (laughs) Nobody understands what I'm going through or like, I have to be the one person to push through this because I'm right. a superhero apparently. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like the, as far as when it comes to coaching, like being able to modify the way that we like speak and encourage members has been a process for me because of teaching boot camp before it was always, you know, go as hard as you can. Don't stop mm-hmm. until you've, you know, can't do anymore. There was a lot of running, a lot of really intense workouts. And that was, you know, hour long workouts outside in a dark parking lot. (laughs) And, you know, I was used to, but I was also at the same time pushing myself. I was not being very kind to myself and not that I would be unkind to someone. That's not who I am. Like I'm, if I see someone like visibly struggling, I'm not going to be like, how dare you stop? Like, you know, that's not who I am, but it's at least for me, it's kind of hard sometimes to know, does this person need a push or do they just need to be reminded that rest is, is okay. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think that for sure, our own experiences influence the way that we observe and definitely coach. I also used to be that coach that was always like, go harder. Like if there's 15 seconds left and someone 
takes the jump out of something. I'm like, come on, there's only 15 left. You can keep the jump in, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then since my own experience with being injured and not being able to do things fully, I feel like that has completely transformed the way that I coach now because I'm so much quicker. I guess I'm slower to push and quicker to be like, Hey, notice you took the jump out. How's everything feeling? Yeah. And they'll be like, everything's feeling fine. I'm just tired. And I'm like, okay, then come on. Yeah. You got 10 seconds left. I know you got this or yeah. I'll get like a, actually, you know, like this part of my body has been giving me some trouble. So I'm just taking it easy. And I'm like, awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you showed up today. Like that's enough. One of our members, Kathleen, Mm-hmm. She makes me laugh so much because every time she walks in, I'm like, how's it going, Kathleen? She goes, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, but I'm like, yes, yeah. like that is the mentality. It's just like showing up for yourself is enough. Mm-hmm. And we often don't treat it like it's enough. And sometimes showing up for yourself looks like not showing up. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing is you don't have to, like, there's plenty of ways to progress in your journey towards health and wholeness. Like maybe yeah. it looks like, a walk with my dog, or it's like, today I'm really focused on hydrating properly, or today I'm not going to go work out because I want to go see a friend that I haven't seen in a couple of weeks and go have dinner with them. And I'm going to prioritize that Absolutely. over this because, oh my gosh, when I was exercising all the time, the number of plans that I canceled because I wanted to get to the gym was just ridiculous. You know, like the, totally. the connection, the social connection and the emotional connection that I missed out on because of yeah. the way that I prioritize that. And so just allowing yourself to, I don't know, to, to shift your mindset around what rest means. Rest is not just doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Rest is just doing other things in pursuit of your wholeness. Oh my and gosh. That's okay. Quotable. Quotable. <laughs> Let's pull that one out for the, <laughs> for the gram. Amazing. Yeah. Oh. I mean, just yeah. so many good things. It keeps coming back to that, like that wholeness piece. Right. And I feel I've, I've heard another mentor of mine say this, and I thought it was so profound. And she talked about like her spiritual practice kind of being not, not a process of addition. What, what more can we add, but what can we actually subtract? Mm. Right. So it's kind of along the lines of this, like rest is in that pursuit of wholeness, right. That step back that we kind of perceive in our mind is actually what we need to do. We might need to subtract some of the things that we're doing as as it comes to physical fitness in order to pursue these other things like emotional support for ourselves, social connection with others, whatever it might be, just mental rest because our brains are working so hard. I think what some people don't recognize who are working like full-time jobs, and I'm sure you can relate, is like you're using your brain like extensively, problem solving, answering emails, talking to coworkers, you know, handling all of those different things. And it's exhausting. It's, it's exhausting. And I used to be in a corporate job and I remember just getting so frustrated because I was so tired, but I didn't recognize that even though I'm sitting there all day and looking at a computer screen, like my brain is just going, 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 going. And like, that takes a lot of energy itself. So yeah, I'm not physically jumping up and down and doing burpees, but like I'm mentally kind of getting that mental workout almost, you know, so that can be exhausting as well. It can. And I think that a lot of people, I even know members of our studio who feel this way, they see coming to the gym as like their way to decompress from that experience. Yes. 
as like work is so exhausting mentally and whatever. So I have to come decompress and let it all out and, or I have to start my day that way or whatever. And I think that's, that's great. Like that is absolutely a purpose that it can serve. But again, it's what we talked about earlier of just how much is too much. And, and there's, I mean, there's going to be different reasons everyone finds in benefit of resting. Like most people know just the biological benefits of rest in terms of like, you're tearing down your muscle fibers and they need time Mm -hmm. to regrow. And, you know, you give your body space to adapt to the stress that you're putting on it and it reduces muscle fatigue and prevents overuse injuries. Like there's all those things that we know are true, but I think most people at our studio could articulate that and know that, but that doesn't mean that they're listening to that or resting. So we have to find, you have to find kind of what personally motivates you. Cause that might not be enough mm-hmm. to, to force you to rest. So mm-hmm. what is in it? Again, it's just going back again to that idea of what does progress look like for me? What does wholeness look like for me? What am I moving towards? And do I trust my body to tell me how to get there? Mm-hmm. And do I know how to listen to it on a day-to-day basis and, and to not feel guilty or ashamed or, not enough because Mm -hmm. of what I'm doing or not doing. Mm -hmm. And there's so much freedom that is available in, in coming to terms with that. But like everything that you talk about on your podcast and with your community, it is a daily battle choice decision moment by all of that. It's moment by moment. Like last night, it's a great example. Last night I had a really, really, I've been working really long hours lately. So I get done, I probably worked a maybe 11 hour work day yesterday. I get mm-hmm. done at like 6.15 PM. And I'm like, oh, I can get in a really quick workout. At the same moment, my sister and my baby niece who's seven and a half months old are like going swimming. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I don't need to work out today. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna, I wanna go <laughs> cherish this moment of being in the pool with this baby that I love and feel no guilt about that. I don't feel like I didn't do enough today. You know, like I'm not counting it against my calories. I'm not eating less for dinner because I didn't get to work out. I'm not trying to calorie subtract Mm -hmm. and figure out how to still, I mean, I stopped doing that a long time ago. Calorie counting has never been for me, but But I think that's how I used to think was like, oh, well, I didn't work out today. So now I'm just going to eat this instead of this to make up for it. And yep. it's like, no, we don't earn our food. We don't earn our exercise. Like it's just those moment by moment decisions of like what right now is in best service to me mm-hmm. in my, in my like personal path towards what I really want for my life. And that can, that decision can change all the time. Yes. And it's giving yourself freedom to kind of explore that and figure that out. Yeah. I think the, the more flexible we are versus rigid with how we approach this is the better, right? Because if we are so rigid saying that we need to do these specific workouts every single day and eat this specific way every single day, it just doesn't allow for the flexibility that is our human experience. You know, it's just not realistic. It's not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And so if we take it like that moment by moment where it seems like in that moment, after completing that really long work day, you kind of did this self check of like, where am I at? Okay. I could do this workout for sure. Because I know that does benefit me like mentally, physically, all of that emotionally. But like, there's also this really amazing opportunity to connect with my sister and my niece. Yeah. And that's what I need right now. Right. So it was like that little step back to be, to ask yourself in that moment, what is it that I need? 
right? And that, that, that is so, so different, yeah. right? It's why it's, it's hard for me now almost to, I used to have my workouts like planned out for like the entire <laughs> week, you know, I just don't do that anymore. Right. <laughs> I, I do truly do my best to, to, to trust what my body needs in those moments, which is a lot more rest than I ever thought I needed. Oh, for sure. And I will say we, I, for listeners who don't have that flexibility, I mean, I think like because we work at a studio, we get to say like, oh, today I kind of want to go today. I don't want to go. But if Mm -hmm. you're a person who works out in classes that fill up a week in advance, Mm -hmm. and so you have to sign up and then you maybe get penalized if you don't go, that adds a whole other layer onto this. Because what if you wake up that day and you're like, I feel like my body's really sore and I'm really tired, but I'm already signed up for class. I'll get charged if I don't go, you know, I can't go tomorrow. So I, and Mm -hmm. it's like, that's how I, that's, I remember how I used to think that way. Like all those factors would play in to how I would make my decisions Mm -hmm. instead of just what you just said, Katie, of like, what is, what is in best service to myself right now? What is my, what is my soul asking of me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how can I best honor that? Mm -hmm. So, but I, I recognize that it's probably more complicated or logistically difficult Mm-hmm. depending on where people are at and what type of workouts they do and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you highlighted that because that is so true. That is a big factor that I'm sure plays in. And I've always had the benefit of, you know, I, I did online fitness groups. And so I just worked out at home and then I taught boot camps. So, you know, I had friends who would teach boot camps and I'd go for free whenever I felt like it. Yeah. And so I had a little bit of a different like relationship as far as that's concerned, but I haven't actually had that experience where it's like you schedule a class and then you don't show up and then you get penalized for it. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. That used to be how I worked out for years. And I mean, there would be days that I knew that my body was like begging me not to work out, but I was like, well, I'm already signed up and they're going to charge me $15 if I don't go. So, mm-hmm. and I also won't work out if I don't go. Mm-hmm. So I'm losing money and I'm losing progress. Like it's all those mental things. Yeah. And so I, I see that perspective from people, or even like, I was just having a conversation with another member of our studio who was having like a foot issue. And she was like, yeah, but I pay to come unlimited. So I don't want to not come for a full week. I don't want to take a week off because I'm paying for it. And I'm like, I get it, but that's, and that's so challenging. So Mm -hmm. I recognize that there's these these other considerations. Yeah. I think that's also like a great conversation though. And like, as a new member director, I mean, this is where I see it is like, you know, that could be a conversation of like, is that too much for you right now? Do we need to actually lower your membership and like allowing people to do that? Right. And those, those late cancels that we get at our studio, you know, what I'm learning to see them as, is it's an opportunity to reconnect with those people and see where they're at. Like that, cause they might be saying those, are you overtired? Yeah. Yeah. That we just said they're too tired. They, they, maybe don't have that awareness to listen to their body on like what, what they need and how much they need. Maybe they need some stretches. Maybe they don't know how to do that yet, you know? And so being able to kind of step in and use that as like a top, like a a pathway into what they actually need 
and guiding that conversation can be really helpful to them on a whole new different level. It's, it's, you know, and what I hope our members experience, and I know that many of them do, is that it's more than just fitness that we're doing here. We really want to support their, their full well-being, their whole well-being. And how can we help you to, to change your mindset around this so that we can make it fun? We can make it doable for you for a long time, right? Like I want people to be able to be active for their entire lives. Yeah. Yeah. So many, so many good things. I know that we, we are getting close here to an hour. I know. Like, how have we done that already? (laughs) I feel like I have notes. We could talk for three more hours. I know. We'll just have to have you back sometime. That's all. I would love that. I'd love that. (laughs) But is there anything else that's kind of just resonating for you that you feel like hasn't been said yet, or just that you want to kind of leave everyone with as just a little final note on our conversation today? I guess one thing that's kind of in my brain is I was just reading some things kind of in preparation, which is silly because we just talked about our feelings for an hour, which is beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. But I was reading an article that was, we talked about reframing, like reframing the way we talk about progress and moving forward and all these things. And this article was talking about reframing rest days as growth days. And they were, I mean, it was mostly talking about literally like that's what's happening to your muscles when you allow them to rest is like you're allowing them to grow back stronger you're allowing your energy stores to replenish like you're allowing your body to grow but I think bringing it back to what we've highlighted so much here around just allowing yourself to reflect and ask yourself like what does growth look like for me and that's for my body for my mind for my heart for my relationships for my relationship to myself, to others, like, what does that idea, because progress to me is like such a toxic term now. I'm like, mm-hmm. I just, I'm progressing. It always feels like you're never going to catch up, but growth right. is just this continuous process of coming into yourself and becoming more whole. So mm-hmm. what does that look like for you? And then what decisions can you make on a daily basis that are in service to that? And really asking yourself, like, does that mean allowing myself to rest? Is, yeah. is that rest going to, going to lead to my growth? Is it going to lead to me being more whole, more at home in my body, all of those things. So that is something that I'm continuing to challenge myself with and that I, you know, invite everyone to kind of reflect on with us. Cause I know we're thinking about that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of this process is it does get to be that, that lifelong growth, right. It no longer becomes about these monumental milestones that we reach and, then what, right? Because that's always my question to people is, is if we do have those goals, that's awesome. But like, then what happens after, right? Because find another one, we just find something else to focus on. Right. And so it's truly a tackling that, that mindset shift and reframing, like you said, reframing. And I loved that like reframing rest days to growth days. I think that's truly what's happening there and growth for all areas, because that's what we want. It's what we want. (laughs) Yeah. So awesome. Oh, well, this has just been so amazing. I can't wait to like, listen back to the playback. So is there anywhere that I know you hang out on Instagram a little bit, but um, a little bit, it's honestly, it's hard to find me. Um, yeah, so off the grid. yeah people can follow me at, I mean, you'll probably tag it. I will. It's so hard to tag. at underscore Instagram, just my last name. She has um, really cute pictures of her. Dog, it's basically just pictures of my golden retriever and <laughs> occasionally me on my stories, but not often, but people can always message me there and I'm happy to connect um, with anybody. So. Yay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Of course. Thank you, Katie.
Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode of the Mind and Body Strong podcast. If you loved this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review or share a screenshot of the episode on your social media platforms. This helps even more women be able to find the podcast and move towards their own personal transformation. Or come on over to Instagram and send me a DM. Let me know what you thought of the episode or let me know about future topics you'd love to hear here on the podcast. Sending love to you no matter where you're at in the world, my friends. Until next week, take care.